I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger traveling Welcome to this podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Because the Lord is with you. Amen. That's why we do good. Even when things don't seem the best, we are always good. Just making sure that's on. Pete, you can hear me? Okay. Will you pray with me today as we open the Word? Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for this time we have to just be in fellowship with you. God, we appreciate it so much that we're able to come together right now. God, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that we can fellowship with one another because we belong to You, to a a kingdom that is of the Spirit, Lord God. And as we grow closer to You today, I pray You would draw us in. Lord God, open our minds and our hearts to hear Your Word today. Anoint us with Your Spirit that we would see You and see Your glory and, and see what You've called us to be here in this world. And God, I just pray for everyone here that they would receive just Your blessing as, as they pursue You, as, as we seek after You, Lord God. And God, I pray that You would receive all praise, honor, and glory today by Your precious Son's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope my messages the last two weeks, I should move this, I'm a little tall. I hope my messages the last two weeks have been an encouragement to everyone. It's really important that we, especially in these kind of times, are centered on the sovereignty of God, on His providence, on His, His, His goodness. As we know, He's in complete control and He's working out His plan for us. I think it was so important that we we lay that down as our foundation in our lives of who we are and a foundation of this church and, and a foundation of, of really everything is to rely upon God and who He is. And that's the foundation, completely trusting in who God is and how His mighty good hand works out and carries out His plan. And we're a part of that plan. And this week as I've prayed and I've thought about what to share I spent a lot of time praying for this church and praying for what's needed here and praying for everyone here. And, and as I prayed, God kind of led me to thinking about what our purpose is, what, what is our foundation, what is our purpose as His people. If God has worked out His plan, has called us to Himself, what is our purpose here in this world and, and going forward as we encounter new struggles, especially this church is going to encounter new 
um, situations and is just going to watch God's plan unfold. What is our calling as his people, as his children, and as a church? The word declares in Galatians 3, chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, that in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offerings, offspring, heir according to his promise. So we are God's people in Christ. We start that foundation now. We understand that we are God's people in Christ. And as rooted in what Christ has done, as we talked about the last couple of weeks, as rooted in who God is, as he's worked out his plan, his plan of salvation. And as God's people, if we believe these verses, in Christ Jesus, we are children of God. And in our life, as we grow, we are in Christ as we grow. Having been baptized into Christ, we are putting on Christ. That's what we are doing in our lives as his people. We are putting on Christ as God's children. And so, yes, we are God's people. And as God's people, we have this special calling to put on Christ. As God's children, we have a special calling to be and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. To grow up into him and to build others up in him. See, we're rooted in what Christ has done, what God has done for his plan, his sovereign plan, his sovereign providence through all time. And in that plan, we now stand in that eternal life. We now stand in that hope of glory, and we stand as his children, as people of God. And the call on our life is to grow up into Christ, to put on Christ, to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, is the, as we see, read the final words of Jesus as he gives us the great commission for the church, for the people called out of the darkness into the light of God. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. Nations. This is the last words of Jesus as he ascended into heaven. We are to be disciple makers. We are to be disciples of Christ. That should be the root of who we are as his people. If we understand what God has done, we understand that we stand in a relationship with our Father as his children, then our purpose in our life, no matter what else we do, as God works out his plans in our life, there's many purposes we have, and each one of us is individual and unique. But who we are as his people are disciples of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. If we say we really belong to Christ, belong to God, we are the children of God, we ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. It means living like Jesus lived. And this is our purpose. This is our purpose as a church, as, as individuals in the body of Christ even. Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head of the church, 
Christ Jesus, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We are called to walk in Christ Jesus, to be disciples of Christ Jesus, and that means to follow Him and what He's taught us to be. And if we have this core of what Jesus was about, if we know what Jesus was about, then whatever else we face as we go forward, we know I'm going to be what Jesus was about And everything will flow from that. How we function in our own lives, how we function in our church, how we function in our families. It is about being about Jesus. As a church, we would grow up every way into Christ. C.S. Lewis, if you listen to me preach more, you'll know I I like C.S. Lewis a lot. C.S. Lewis has a quote, a powerful quote in his book, Mere Christianity. He writes, The whole offer of Christianity, of which Christianity makes, is this. The offer Christianity makes is this. That we can, if we let God have His way, come to share in the life of Christ. If we do, we shall then be sharing a life which was begotten, not made, which has always existed and always will exist. Christ is the Son of God. If we share in this kind of life, we also will be sons of God. We shall love the Father as He does, and the Holy Ghost will arise in us. He came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life He has. This is what I call the good infection, C.S. Lewis says. (laughs) <laughs> every, Christian, every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. And that's the words of our great apologist, theologian. And I love what he says. He says it's called the good infection. We're in a world right now of a very bad infection, aren't we? And we look at this. This is the truth that the life of Christ, we partake in it and it spreads to us. And then we spread the life of Christ to others as we grow in Christ and as we do what Christ has called us to do. We are walking in Christ and that infection, that good infection spreads to other people who take up this life in Christ and we become little Christ. We become like Christ. This is the purpose of our call as Christians. That's what it means to be a Christian, a little Christ. And so this is the life that we share. We share Jesus' life. And so I think it's really important we know what Jesus is about. We are God's children. And as God's children, we share the life of His Son, of the Father's Son, Jesus Christ. And so what was Christ's life about? I'd like us to go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Verses 41 through 51 here. So Luke chapter 2, we see a beautiful picture we don't see in the other Gospels, a picture of Jesus as a child growing up. And his parents went to Jerusalem as they do as, as they go for the feast of the Passover. And, and he went with his parents, for Mary and Joseph, to this, to this place, to Jerusalem, to, as families would go and gather as a, as a rite to this feast of Passover in Jerusalem. And so we read this interesting story, and it tells us that even at a young age, what Jesus was about. Luke chapter 2, verse 41. 
Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and his parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, Why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And this is really powerful. He said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand what he had spoke to them. And he went down with them and and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. So he goes to Nazareth where he grows up as a carpenter, and then we see the story continue as his ministry begins later when he's in his, in his 30s. But we have this picture of Jesus as a 12-year-old boy, and this, the whole family would go to Jerusalem for this feast of, of the Passover, and, and as they returned, it was the gathering of all your family. You walk back to your home, and they couldn't find their Jesus when they, when they came back. And so they went back to Jerusalem, found him in the temple, talking with the Pharisees, teaching them, answering them questions. The Pharisees, these old men, were speaking with this little boy, and he knew the answers of God. And they asked him, what are you doing? Didn't, didn't you know that you, you terrified us? And he says, why were you nervous? Why were you scared? Didn't you know I was in my father's house? I actually really like the New King James Version and the King James Version of Luke 2.49. That verse right there, his response. And so we have the King James Version up there. It's a little off. It sounds funny when we say it. He said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? This is why we have the New King James Version. Because that's a mouthful. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I must be in the house of my father. See, Jesus knew who he was when he came here to this earth. He was about his father's business. As a young boy, he knew who he belonged to. He was here to give himself for his father's purposes. That was the purpose of Christ, was to give himself for his father's purposes here. And throughout his life, he showed what that looked like. We have a beautiful picture in John 17 as as he declares his high priestly prayer. Jesus says, when Jesus spoke these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is the eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you have gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. 
I have manifested your name to the people whom, gave, whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you have sent me. So Jesus, in his life, he, in this high priestly prayer, he declares what he's done as he prays to the Father. He says, I have spoke what you have told me to speak. I have done what you have told me to do. In Jesus' life, he spoke what God called him to speak. In fact, he says, everything I say, it comes from the Father. He spoke what God told him to speak. And he lived and did what God told him to do. He obeyed the, the, the commandments of God perfectly. He was the sinless, spotless lamb. He lived for the Father's purposes here. He says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me. I have glorified you on earth. I have accomplished all the work that you have called me to do. So in Jesus' life, this is how he functioned. He was about the Father's business. And he followed what the Father called him to do even to his death on the cross. He came for the Father's business and he completed the work of God's salvation. In Luke 9, he says, Luke 9, 22, he says, the Son of Man must suffer many things. He will be rejected by the older Jewish leaders, the leading priests, the teachers of the law, and he will be killed. But after three days, he will be raised from the dead. Jesus continued and said to all of them, And you of who want to be my follower must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you in every day for following me. Any of you who try to save the life you have will lose it, but you who give it up for your life for me and my sake will save it. So Jesus lived his life for the Father's purposes, did what God told him to do, spoke what God told him to speak, and he even moved and followed the Father's purposes to the cross. See, Jesus was all in for the Father's purposes. He was about the Father's business in his life. He gave everything up for his Father's plan. Philippians 2, 5 says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by, come, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the mind we've been called to have. See, Jesus in his life, he lived for the Father's businesses, did everything he did was for the Father's business, for his plan. Everything he spoke was for the Father's business, and he carried out the Father's business even to the cross. Being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the Father, even to the point of death the death on the cross. He d gladly took our pain upon himself. That purpose of Christ in his life, we see as a reflection of who we are to be. In his life, he lived for the Father's business, and in his life, he accomplished the Father's purposes. As his death on the cross secured 
our salvation. His death on the cross paid our price, a price we could never pay. The wrath of God was satisfied on the cross. The wrath of God against our sins was satisfied on the cross. And as Jesus died and was buried in the grave, our sins were buried with him. In baptism, we have been buried with Christ into his death. And when he rose again, our sins remained in the grave and he rose the new life. Amen? And now we are in that new life. That's what this is about. We are walking in this new life of God, of Christ. This life that we now have, that we are walking in. I appreciate the amen from my brother. That's why you're here. We are walking in this life of God. And we are to live as Christ lived. In fact, Christ, as he lived his life about the Father's plans and business. And we can do a whole series on all the things God has called Jesus to teach on, to live, and to preach. We can do a whole series on that, but we won't do that today. But he lived his life for the Father's purposes, for the Father's business, and he taught us to be about the Father's business in our life as well. John 13, Jesus says, You call me teacher and Lord, And you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For truly I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. As Jesus, before he came to his, came to Jerusalem and, walked the green mile, so to speak, to the cross. He washed his disciples' feet. And he called them to be like him, to be a servant like him, to walk the way he's walked in his life. In John 12, he says these words, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will be with him. This is the truth of Christ. This is what he taught. He lived his life for the Father's business. And he taught that's what we are to do as well. To live for the Father's business. When I look at the world around us, I see this world in such desperate need. It's broken. I learned that when I was real young, how broken this world is because sin has entered into this world and we have turned from God and all of humanity has turned from God. The wrath of God is upon sin and the curse of sin is this world is broken and in desperate need. And there are people that God has here, His people, His people He's called out of that darkness, that brokenness into His light, who have the answer. Yet we tend to live in our kingdom. And we forget that we belong to a different kingdom. Matthew 6.33 Jesus says, Put first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Don't fear tomorrow. Don't fear what's to come. Trust in the power of God and the providence of God and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus taught us to be about the Father's business. What does that look like? It looks like putting first the, in our life the kingdom of God. Like I said, we live in our own kingdom so many times but we really belong to God's kingdom. This is what we are to be as God's people, a people for his purposes, a people who are about the Father's business, and that business is his kingdom. Lots of times when we think about God, we think about him in our life like he's just another seat at the table. We say, this is who I am as a person. This is you know, this, this, this head of, at the table over here, that's my family. And this head at the table over here, that's, that's my work. And this head, that's church, and that's softball, and that's my new PS5 I just got last night. And then I'll put God right here. I'm going to put God as one of those heads in my life, one of those parts of my life. But this is my kingdom. I'm sitting at the f- head of the table And I'll let this one speak into my life and that speak into my life and I'll focus on that sometimes and that sometimes. But that's not how our life with God works. God is the king. He's the head of the kingdom. He has brought us into his kingdom and he has called us to live according to his purposes, to share in the life of Christ. He's at the head of the table. It's up to us to submit to him and understand what does he want for us? What is his purposes? So to be, to live in the business of God is to make him the head of the business in our life. He's the head of all the areas in our life. And another study, as you've studied C.S. Lewis and different things, you understand that Christ is the ruler of the house. Now, we like to think that it's our house, and we like to bring him in. Sure, we put him on our mantelpiece. Yeah, I got my cross in the living room right when you walk in, right next to a picture of my dog. But the truth is, God comes in, and he takes over. It's his kingdom. He begins to clean out each room of our house and turn it to him. We begin to live for his purposes. We begin to walk in Jesus Christ, truly living for God's kingdom. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That is our call. We are to be rooted in Christ Jesus and to walk in his steps. Growing up, my dad would like to take us on hikes all the time. Matt, you know. Clearly, we didn't go on it a lot because me and Matt, we grew up... We didn't like going on the kind of hikes my dad took us on. When I was, I think I was eight, he took, made me hike Mount Rose to the summit. I never went on a hike with him after that. But when I was a kid, I would, he would take us on these hikes, and I would, I would try to do these hikes with him. And every time I went on the hikes, I, I would come back home to mom crying with scraped knees and bruised elbows because I would keep falling. As a little kid, I remember waking up. I was like, okay, dad's going to take me on the hike today. I'm not going to fall. I won't fall over this time. i only fall over once. And as we would do these hikes, I started to learn as a little kid how not to fall over. When my dad would walk in front of me, I would jump in his footsteps. I'd walk where he walked. 
And I realized, oh, he knows how not to fall. He knows how not to trip on this rock. He knows how not to slip on the ice. And so I walked in his footsteps and I realized that I could take these heists with my dad if I followed in his steps. I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to follow his steps. I wanted to to walk the way he walked. And that's our call. How do we walk in those steps of Christ? How do we walk in those steps? How do we walk in his example for the purposes Christ lived? How do we live for those purposes? He spoke what the Father told him to speak. How can we speak what the Father has called us to speak? He did what the Father told him to do. How are we doing what God has called us to do? He followed the Father's command to even to the cross. Are we giving our whole life for God? You see, the answer to these questions is different for each one of us, but it's rooted in our Scripture. It's rooted in the Word of God, of His truth, of the words He's called us. Speak what the Father told us to speak. Do what the Father told us to do. Live the way the Father's called us to live. That is how we live the Father's business. And ultimately, to walk the way Christ walked. Yes, we, we come to God in each of those areas and say, God, how can you change me to be more like you? How can you take over my kingdom? How can I submit to your kingdom? How can, you, how can you turn each part of my house over to you? We do that, and it's a process. That's the process of sanctification as we walk in the life of Christ. But how do we center ourselves on the Father's business. Because once we do that, once we center ourselves on the Father's business like Christ did, everything else will flow from that. Once we have that in mind, once everything we do is about God's purposes, everything else flows from that. Every answer we have is, how does God want me to live in my family? How does God want me to live at work? How does God want me to serve? How does God want me to play softball? How does God want me to live? And it starts with this mindset of living for the Father's business. And so to get that, to understand what it means to live for the Father's business, it is to live a life with eternity in mind. Do not live for your kingdom. The word says, put first the kingdom of God. Live with eternity in mind, not with my world in mind, with eternity in mind. Everything I do is about eternity in mind. It's about what God's doing. It's about his purposes, about what he's accomplishing. I live for God. We are building his kingdom. All we do is live for Christ, to be like Christ. We are living for the Father's business if we do that. First Peter 2 is one of the most important verses for us to understand our identity as people of God. First Peter 2, 4 says, You come to him as a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is who we are. We are the stones 
being built on the foundation of Christ, building up into the house of God as his chosen race, as his royal priesthood, as his holy nation, as his people. And our purpose is to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of that darkness into the light. We belong to God now. We used to not be in mercy. Now we have received mercy. This is where we stand. We are his people to do his purposes. And as his people, we live for the Father's business. And to do that, that's what really matters. We live for the Father's business. We live for eternity because that's who we are. We are being built up in Christ to live for this kingdom, not our kingdom. We are living for a holy nation that belongs to God. We are a people of that kingdom. Many of you know the story of Jim Elliott, the missionary Jim Elliot was a missionary to share, who shared Christ's words and teachings in Ecuador to the lost tribes there, the Wadani tribe. And you know, many of you have seen the movie of Into Through the Gates of Splendor or read the book. And he was a missionary who came to this lost tribe to bring the gospel. And the tribe that he came to as he tried to bring the gospel, they would bring gifts at first and, and try to create this connection. And then they tried to make contact and bring the gospel. And in response, the tribe killed all the missionaries, including Jim Elliot. But his wife wrote the story of what happened. We know Elizabeth Elliot, And she wrote that story in the book, Through the Gates of Spindrin. And in that book, she, she records a part of his journal, Jim Elliot's journal. And what he wrote. And he wrote these words. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So Jim Elliot gave up his life which he could not keep. Because he was focused on the eternal plan of God. Of bringing people to God which we can never lose. We can never lose our relationship with God. He put first the, the kingdom in his, of God in his life and, and that began to change things. When we live for the Father's business, we begin to see His power at work in this world. Jim Elliott's story encouraged me as a missionary to Native Americans here of seeing someone who gave up everything for the purposes of God that gave me encouragement when I first started serving. If we truly are the people of God, if we truly say we follow God, if we truly say we follow Jesus, we must live a life that's modeled after Jesus. And Jesus' life was all about the Father's business. So that means our purpose is to live for the Father's purpose, to live for eternity in mind. When Christ came, he lived, he looked at us, he saw souls that could be saved, that can be reconciled, that can be brought to the glory of God. And so he lived for the Father's business, and that's what we are to do, to live for the Father's business. We need to have eternity in mind. Matthew 16, 24 through 27, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
That's what Jim Elliott was echoing. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. Jesus is coming. The kingdom is coming. What does it profit for us to gain the whole world here? When that's the truth that's coming, when that's the reality of how we live, that's the reality of what we stand. We don't stand in this world, in this kingdom. We stand in a new kingdom. The more I see our political turmoil, the more I see the brokenness in this world, the more I see every part of this world seems like like the darkness is closing in. I realize that this is not where I belong. It shows me more and more that my kingdom is not of here. My kingdom is an eternal kingdom with God made alive in our hearts by the Spirit. And one day Jesus is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and that kingdom is going to come. So do we have that in mind? Do we have the eternal act of God in mind? Do we have the eternal plan of God in mind? We are called to walk as the people of that kingdom. If we are to be about the Father's business, we are to be about His kingdom. Are we walking as people of His kingdom? Are we living our life in the presence of God? Is what we do here as a church about God's kingdom? Or is it about building our own? What we do in our life, is it about building your own kingdom? Or is it about living in such a way that you are glorifying God in all that you do? And where you work and how you live with your family and and what you do when no one's watching? Are we working and living for God's kingdom? Because as we begin to work for God's kingdom, as we begin to live for God's kingdom, as we really live in the kingdom we truly belong in, the Bible declares this is who we really are. We are a people of God. We are a chosen race, race, a royal priesthood to proclaim the excellencies of God. That's who we are, living stones being built up into the house of God. And we are a part of that house, that kingdom. We are about the Father's business. When we actually live like that, when we as a church, when we as individuals begin to live like we are living for the Father's business, for His kingdom, we begin to see the work of God flow in powerful ways. We see the mighty hand of God work in incredible, powerful ways here on earth. The local church is the hope of the world. We've heard that. The kingdom of God here on this earth through the church, through who we are, is the hope of the world. As we bring people to him and as we grow up in him, as we are sanctified and walk in Christ and then we shine the light of God's glory into the world, we are shining back against the darkness. We are a lighthouse against the storm. We are a city on a hill. We are a light shining as we live for God's purposes in our life, in our church, as we disciple ourselves, become more like Jesus, understand what God has taught us. My Bible's falling apart here. I guess that's a good sign. It means I've used it. If we are following God's purposes and trying to understand him more, and it takes humility, it takes, it takes coming to him and saying, God, what do you, how do you want me to walk? What do you want me to say? And what parts of my life do I need to give over to you? As we do that and live for the kingdom of God, we begin to see his power work through us in powerful ways. You think that because this is a little church, do you think that we don't have much power? I disagree. 
because we're a little church, because we can come together, because we have this, it really comes down to what is our heart? Are we focused on the kingdom of God? Then you have all the power of the kingdom of God here in this community. That's my encouragement to this church going forward. I hope we know that we are walking in the kingdom of God and his plans and whatever that looks like, his plans are different in each place, but his ultimate plan is to bring his people to himself to save us out of the darkness into light and to grow in that life, grow in that light for his purposes. I got another C.S. Lewis quote for you. C.S. Lewis said these powerful words. If you read history, you will find that Christians who did most for the present world, they were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the next world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. Those are powerful words to live by. Aim at heaven and you get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. God's kingdom is coming here. God is coming. What will it profit us to live for our lives here? And all we do, we should reflect the glory of God and live for Him. Yes, take care of your family. My dad was an amazing example of this. He, he, he wanted to be a missionary, but God moved him to being a father and a husband that worked and, and built up his family, but he did it to the glory of God. He was about his father's business in his life, and now all his kids are serving God because he directed us towards God. He pointed us towards God. You see, we can live here for the Father's purposes, and that's what our call is. And when we do that, we see the kingdom of God move in the ways we long for. Aim at heaven, be heavenly minded, be about the Father's business, and you'll see the kingdom here on earth as we wait for the day when Christ comes back. But you aim for the earth, and you don't get neither. Let's aim for God. Let's aim for His purposes. Let's aim for His kingdom. Let's be people who live like Christ. Let's be people who live for the Father's purposes. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for Your Word today. God, I pray You would let these words of Scripture soak into us and who we are as Your people. God, help us to know what it means to really be about your business in every area of our life. Show each one of us that, Lord God. I pray for everyone here that we would hold tight to you through the storms. We would keep our minds focused on eternity, on on your plans, and, and that that would motivate us to walk through this life, to walk through the fire, to walk through the suffering, to walk through this present darkness as we take on you, Christ, as we walk in your steps, as we take on the armor of God, as we put on Christ, and we live for you here because your kingdom is really the only kingdom that matters. Lord God, help us to be people of the kingdom here as we are ambassadors, as you usher in your kingdom forever. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everyone here. I pray that you would be with them. I pray that they would hear your words today, be lifted up in their spirits to know, yes, you have this sovereign plan that you've saved us, but now you've called us to walk in that salvation, to walk in your purposes, Lord God. Help us to do that, Lord. Thank you for who you are, God. We pray, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for for everything today. God, we give you all worship. Let our lives be living worship for you as we live for you and your purposes and help us know how to do that better as we submit to you. Lord Jesus, we praise you, we thank you in your name, in your blessed name that saved us and that has given us new life, we pray. Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's Word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the Word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.